Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Nods and Bops. You're listening to Chino. And I'm Cass Marie. What's up, yo? Today we have a good lineup. It's March. What? It's April. Yeah, it's We're April. in April. Yeah, it's April. Oh my now. gosh. So we're getting into spring. There's a lot of stuff going on. We're going to be talking about the Atlanta Film Festival. We also going to be talking about the movie Us. It's been out now. It's raving in the box offices. Um, Melly dropped an album, Phases. Phases. Yeah. We're going to talk about our favorite songs on there, what we liked, what we didn't like. The controversy that's going around about who she signed with, we're going to touch on that. And then we're going to wrap up with, of course, a slight touch on the passing of the great Nipsey Hussle. So, yeah, yeah, let's get into it. The Atlanta Film Festival is coming up. It's April 4th through 14th. All the creatives should be out there. We're going to be out there. Uh, so we definitely want to see you. Make sure to sign up for an event. You know, if you do media or something, try and get your media pass or, you know, just come prepared. All the screenwriters, make sure your screen, uh, your screenplay. Yeah. Don't they, be afraid. Like the best, the worst that can happen is they say no. Yeah. Right. That's the only the thing best that could happen is that they say yes. Yeah. 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 And then from there, shit, it's, it's all, it's all adventure. It's all free <laughs> yeah. for all. It's the wild and it's up to you to make it happen. But you know. Yeah. Yeah, so make sure you come prepared. That's the biggest thing, you know. Be ready to have your business cards, to be able to exchange numbers with people, you know. Uh, networking is so important, especially in the entertainment industry, the movie industry, uh, whatever you'll call it. And so, yeah, just be prepared. Make sure you wrap up that screenplay because there's going to be a lot of important people here. And, you know, yeah. you never know. You never know when you might get your shot. So <laughs> be prepared. Uh, are you excited about it? I went to school in Iowa, and it was like a small hubs for arts. I had an experience going to see like small independent films, and you know, I worked with a couple small festivals like that. So I'm excited to see it on a larger scale, like the Atlanta Film Festival. This has been around for 43 years now. It's its 43rd year this year. Um, and so I'm just excited to see the different types of art. I think the last two years, for real, for especially people that's on like Twitter and active on social media, you've seen like an unfolding of a bunch of different ideas and a bunch of different thought patterns and people telling stories from everywhere, you know, from different genres. Different yeah, even yeah. different languages. I catch myself sometimes on Netflix looking at films and I'll just read Reading the English subtitles. Yeah, subtitles, but Yo, the movie good as fuck. The movie be good as hell. Yeah, yeah, so I'm excited for us to get in there and just see what it's about and hopefully bring it to the podcast. But speaking of different types of movies, we saw that us drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all make sure y'all go see that because that was that was good. Talk to me about it. What you felt? So I when I went to watch it, I tried to drop all the expectations because you know when we saw Get Out, it was just such a production or whatever. So uh, I tried to go in there and basically just accept what it was i didn't want to read any reviews i didn't want to hear what anybody else had to say about it people were already trying to like not spoil the movie on instagram and twitter but like there were hints of what was going on and funny things that occurred and whatnot so i just wanted to go see it for myself when i went and saw it it was a suspenseful movie and there were horror elements but it was definitely more suspenseful and I appreciated the cinematography. I I liked the writing. 
I thought it was a little I, I just I enjoyed watching the movie for what it was it was confusing at times and I think the ending was just just wild like it was unexpected and I thought it was a good movie I have mixed feelings about everything that went on but that's just me as a creative and like not really understanding what's what, those mixed feelings the like mixed what feelings was because we there, want to know there were just there were just things that like i didn't understand at first like the whole significance of the beach and you know, the the people holding hands like he started off with that and then it didn't i didn't understand it until i got further into the movie which was interesting it was just weird um, the tethering going down underneath the house of mirrors that was weird I didn't understand the rabbits I really didn't I had to go and read a review of him on a, a different podcast talking about what the symbolism was and why he put this there and that apparently he just has a fear of rabbits <laughs> so just little stuff like but I that I think it's just a fear of rabbits like he Talks of well, it is a fair rabbit. He talks about like <laughs> if you look into phobia. their eyes, like they they look like monsters. But listen, I've been close up to rabbits and they freak me out. So yeah, rabbits. I understand they stink when too. I read that. I I've was had like, neighbors I that understand. Have. They're creepy. I would never want they a rabbit. Are. I kind of feel like it would choke me to it's death. A big rodent. And they, they, <laughs> there are negative portrayals of rabbits. Just watch. Cartoon Network. <laughs> anyways, anyways, go ahead. But I, I feel the same way. I, I felt kind of when I first watched it, I was watching it for horror. And I didn't get that. But I got the suspenseful horror. Because that's different, right? Like, right. there's horror with... But it's predominantly suspense. And there was that. There was moments where I jumped, where I was a little, like... Oh my God! Like <laughs> creeped out. Yeah. So it was it was still horror, but it was more so on the suspenseful side. Right. I was watching it for what it was, and it was good. I loved, like you said, the the way it was filmed was creative. It was beautiful. Um, it was definitely thoughtful. There was so many details in it, and I'm a details person. Me too. You know, I'm into creative directing, storytelling, so. I noticed the details. I noticed the little, the bunnies, the, the numbers, um, the creepy feelings, which they fluffed up in the movie with, of course, the music and the natural stuff of horror and regular films for right, real. Right, right. So I, I appreciated it for what it was. Did I know at the end that that was that was going to be the ending? I will, I'm going to say no, but I'm going to say that I've seen enough movies to to see that that kind of twist can happen. I just didn't think he was going to take it there. I didn't either. And I really yeah, appreciated like, like it. I appreciated because, that he took it the extra right. step and he said, y'all thought it was done. Yeah. They just nah, I ain't done with you bitches. Nah, it was, that's that's what I appreciated about it. And I understood it the first time I watched it. When I, I, was, I went to the movies with someone and they didn't really understand and we had a little discussion about it and I was like, I get it. Like I, I thought it was great. The the doppelgang the doppelganger, is that how you say it? Basically Lapita's Lapita's monster or whatever was the real her. her, her coming better. back to the tethered. Like the tethered was the main character. I read what Jordan Peele said and apparently he wanted us to recognize that we are the monster so that you had mixed feelings about the character and you understood the dynamic between 
the real Lapita coming back and the the doppelganger. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of glad the doppelganger won because Lapita was on some some nut shit. Like, like that fight she, that fight in the classroom. All, no, was, what was she? What was that little girl even doing down there? Like, yeah, that yeah. was. And that's she was, why Listen she was tweaking From the beginning And that's why Black mamas don't let you Run off in the store Or go where tweaking. you want Like Anything can happen When you leave I the side un- of your I understood pen. the story Like you said though I understood Why they The The, the Tethered The tethered right? The tethered Looked at her As a And I, I saw this on Twitter too As a conversation I was like that makes sense Like she was different. You gotta think the the tethered people beneath had flaws, right? So right. they couldn't move a certain way or whatever. And when the little girl first got there, the real one, and she locked her down there, she was moving. Grace, once once she got used to it, of course, she had to get used to it. Somebody had to free her, and you know all that stuff. She had to get. Acquainted. That's the only part that so weirded the, me out because it was like the tethered or tethered, however you want to say it. They were linked to the humans above, right? Yeah, and they would so do the same movements. But if it was the real Lupita and she's down there, I didn't understand. Was she still connected to the girl above I think or not? It was, That's what I was confusing about me. I think it was like a swap me. of places. So I think the person that was underground was, was controlling was, the girl above. No, not necessarily that. I think that the person above was controlling the people under. And I think they... Yeah, but they I'm talking un- about Lapita since they switched places. It's like So I'm saying once Lu- they go up, they switch places. Oh, so now the okay, real okay, Lupita, okay. yeah, we using the wrong name. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, now the real, you know, the real main character in the film, now she becomes the tethered. Right. I right, think right. that's how it works. But she still had human qualities, so of course you're the you're the tethered because you're stuck down there. But they both I don't think that they both could have existed up there at the time. No, they couldn't until, have. I until just didn't she know they switched out. places. Yeah. So red red is the real Lupita. Yeah. I don't know how to say remember the main character's the, real name. In it's the like film, Adeline or something like. Yeah, yeah. Ad, remember in the Adelaide? film, the one that's playing Adeline, who's really yeah. red in real life. <laughs> we don't know but her name. Yeah, y'all. yeah, yeah. She. Remember, she says in the film when she's talking to her husband, they think like us. So they think like each other now, especially because now they're on the same playing field. So now it's hard to, you have to really be creative because you're on the same level. You know what I'm saying? And you see that when the little boy is controlling the other little boy and he walks him into the fire. Like they're on the same playing field when they're running at the same speed. Kind of a little bit more creepily But it seems like the tethered or tethered, they can do what they want because when they got above ground they were doing what they want that's what like, i'm saying because they were on level like playing the husband field. but when they were he below, got his ass whooped. yeah 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 <laughs> when they were in like when they were below they were just doing the same things but they were doing it on a smaller scale of course it didn't look like a whole entire world they were doing it within what looked like mental hospitals for yeah. real so she when she started when the one above started doing ballet because they put her in ballet because she wasn't talking because she didn't know how to talk because she was a tethered girl i didn't know yes i didn't know she didn't know how to talk she, i really didn't know that she had to learn how to talk that's what she told the girl even years later the woman on the beach i'm not good with talking so she only really good with talking probably gotcha. around her husband because she probably got comfortable around gotcha. him. She probably really did love him. You know what I'm saying? She learned how to be human. I don't know. Human, human. There was that part where they said 
the man that marries you that you don't necessarily know if you love and the kids that you have you remember that part there was like a a, a brief monologue where they by, were talking about red i think yeah. it was red uh -huh. where she was talking about the dynamic um it was just weird, man. Like it was just I don't know how else to describe it. It was a it was a mind-boggling movie. And that's what I appreciated about it cuz I There's so many layers. It was a lot of layers, but at the same time, it wasn't some super duper symbolic this that and the third thing. Like I understood what Jordan Peele was doing, but I also just appreciated the movie. Like, oh, this is a weird, ironic horror film if you it's really a suspenseful film you know yeah, with a whole i'll, I'll bunch keep calling it suspenseful horror yeah. because that's what i felt yeah yeah and that's what it was and i could i appreciate the fact i could just enjoy the movie like now i definitely it was a lot less tense than get out because yeah. get out was like sad like damn man they but really i think <laughs> for what it was i think it worked i think they marketed it a little bit more horror like but I think yeah, it was horror in thinking. And when you think about Jordan Peele and the type of person that he is, it makes sense. Jordan Peele doesn't want to scare us like boo. He's not the, the person for that. He's not the yeah. director. He's not the writer, the creative for that. He's the director and the thinker and the creative, like the people that create things like um, that Netflix Black Mirror. That's how he realistic he wants to horror. Scare you. Yeah, yeah, in yeah the like mind. Uh, like oh, he this could really to happen. Think about yeah. it. Yeah, you know he's trying to create movies that have humans look at themselves and be like, "Are you the monster?" And I you think know? the answer to that question is yes. I think it can be both. You can be good yeah. and bad at the same time, yeah. and he definitely brings out the humanity in his movies, and he just makes you think. That's what I appreciate him. That's what I appreciate about him as a filmmaker. He makes you think, he makes you have these fun conversations, mm -hmm. he makes you expand your imagination, and it doesn't sound that far-fetched, to be quite honest. I mean, the theme in Get Out was hypnotization. I don't know if I said that right, I probably didn't, sorry y'all. Um, but that's a real thing, you know, being in a sunken place. Some could argue that's a real thing, you know, as far as in us. People could be getting cloned. There could be an underworld. Maybe, maybe not. You know, there are people that are in science labs cooking up crazy shit all the time. Not crazy, but just abstract, off-the-wall stuff all the time. So you don't know. And it was just interesting. Like, the theme from what was it the ad was like in the 80s and to bring it back and to see all those people holding hands across the world it was just weird uh, it was just weird i again i enjoyed the movie i'm glad you liked it too yeah let's touch on something for just a couple seconds and one of the articles that i read about you know jordan peele and the movie and his influences and inspirations behind it he talks about the ballet scene which i thought was absolutely beautiful i, I did thought too. the that way was it was really filmed good. from above to below and the way it just unfolded was beautiful i really appreciated the art that it was and then i appreciated the music behind it that i got five on it just so different and then when i read in the article that he they tried it with the classical ballet music you would hear like in the Nutcracker, for example, and it just didn't work for him. It, it wasn't right. it wasn't connecting. And this song came to mind and he wanted to make it work and it worked so beautifully and it worked so 
so black and so I have to say that, that was one of the was, best it moments. Was a beautiful it was one of the best shot moments uh, to watch came, a major That comes film. down to his directing yeah. because watching the ballet scene of her being on stage in the real world and then watching it in the tethered or yeah. tethered universe underneath the house of mirrors crazy. It it was insane. I really enjoyed that scene. It was a, I didn't it, even read that much it into it when code. I read that. It yeah. was a real code into, like, not a real code. It was a real door opener to a major audience that black art is okay. Um, music is acceptable. Our music is acceptable to be used in major films um, in a way that's tasteful and not corny and not ridiculing. It showed the um, range of yeah, black creativity. Yeah. And it was, also in something it was that's centered unfolded in, beautifully. Yeah. I wonder how long that scene took to film and I would have loved I don't to be know. Here to see that. that yeah, that that was really good. That was beautiful. I, I love it. I read into it. I always read into things like that. I really read into that moment because it was just really dope. Right. Um, but if you want, we could get into, you know, Lupita real quick facing that backlash about the voice that she used for Red being inspired by a voice disorder. So she faced backlash on social media for it. Um, we know social media is a hub for major news right now. So anything that's popping on social media is is can turn into major news real easily. She addressed it. Um, so the disorder is spasmodic dysphonia, which is a disorder that damages it, it it's damaged to your voice box mm -hmm. and basically you know they can't say certain words at a certain pitch or volume because of the disorder personally i don't want y'all to cancel me so i with my insensitive ass i don't necessarily have an opinion i hear why the backlash is whether i agree to it or not i'm not going to say anything so that's just my opinion what about you, Cass? How you feel about it? Um, it's like a gray area for me, you know, because I just hope that people are doing it for the right reasons and because they actually feel offended and hurt by it. I understand the point of view of demonizing or making this voice seem like it's some scary when this is people's like real lives you know I, I understand that perspective but I hope it's because people feel that and they feel hurt and I hope it's not because Lupita is the one doing this because there's plenty of movies um and films and you know characters that that have been inspired by disabilities and you know and and those or people actors aren't playing always portrayed. disabled yeah, characters. There's, this, there's a horror film of a blind guy raping. Isn't he raping and what? terror? What's that? What's that horror film um, where he's blind and these kids are trying to rob him? I don't know. You've never seen that horror film? I, I gotta bring up the name. Oh my god, film with. In Lupita's defense, she did seem very sensitive to the critique and she walked it back. And it seemed like her intention wasn't to harm. And I really appreciated that. She didn't double down. She, she explained herself. And if anything, when I read her official apology, she said, it brings more awareness to this disorder. When I read the article and did my research, apparently the disorder affects 50,000 people. 
and that's important. You, it, yeah, it, it's definitely bringing awareness because I didn't know about it before. Of course, we've all seen those commercials of people smoking and they get a hole in their throat and it somewhat sounds like that. But I didn't know of anyone else that had like a disorder because of damage to their voice box. So that was interesting in my opinion. Yeah, listen, my whole thing is, like I was saying, there are plenty of movies that have been inspired by disorders and disabilities. The movie Don't Breed is a crime thriller horror film released in 2016, and there was a blind man. And in this movie, this blind man was committing all kinds of horrible criminal acts and he sticks to that character the whole way through he dies being horrible actually i can't even remember if he dies but either way the whole film till the ending he is still horrible and a criminal in us we see lupita be human on both ends you know what i'm saying we see her be and that's the brings us back to the whole that is Jordan Peele's point. I think her being inspired by it, and I think her being open about her being inspired by it, it's not like she was, I was telling you this off mic, it's not like Lupita heard it somewhere and then she went home and was in the mirror like, trying to, you know, practice it. She sought professional help. She sought she got medical. The she got that. She did, did the research. And, and then she practiced did what, it. And then she practiced yeah, to bring it, with, it to the film. With professionals. So it wasn't in a mockery way. It was in a way that was inspired and in a way that was informative. And again, she brought us with Jordan Peele's, kept us with Jordan Peele's theme. I love this movie and I love the people that are in it. I do because too. they're real creators and they're real actors and I, I will defend that. The kids were and weirdos said, yeah, but yeah yeah like i was and the husband was like she, i was like bro you she did what <laughs> she did what she needed to do and it and it went well with the film and the thought of we can all be monsters whether you have a disability whether you don't whether you are um there's you know, all there's, there's always a darker side, side yeah. to us and it's never black it opens and up white a bigger it's conversation. usually layered so again, and more complex than you I think it is I hope that the yeah. criticism is because people feel genuinely hurt and give her an opportunity to be open to that conversation which she already has been more than gracious to address right. you know instead of being angry because it's Lupita and because I always have to question this regardless and because we're in the United States and I hope it's not because she's a black woman. Because we're black in the world you know and everything we do is scrutinized. Yeah. yeah. We've heard that so, trope before. That's, that's my that's my battle. final, yeah. you know, just just saying on it. Let's jump into Melly's new album. Melly. Phases. It dropped on March 27th, so recently. And I mean, it's been making its rounds. Tell me what you think, Chino. I didn't know about it. If we're being completely honest, I didn't really know about it. I was listening to one of the media outlets I listened to on the weekly, and they said Melly dropped an album, and I immediately stopped it and went and listened to it. Ironically, I was riding around in the car, driving people around or whatever, and I, I was just taken aback. It's such a good project. I was, I was surprised. It's. It sounds great. She sounds great. The cohesiveness of it, just it, it, the the order of the album, it all flows together. I know a lot of us listen to albums, and it's a lot of music. And I know my attention span, it's it can be short at times. It could be longer if I wanted to be. This album had my full attention the whole time. That's what I enjoy about it. There were no songs I wanted to skip. I listened to the album like three times on repeat. 
and I just really enjoyed it. Some of the songs that stuck out to me were false. Well, before you jump into the songs that stuck out to you, I want to say that I agreed. I think that for me, it also had kind of a soft launch. I'm a Melly fan. I follow um, her on Instagram. Yeah, I follow her on Instagram. And I'll say I'm a recent Melly fan. I said what well. really pulled me into was her feature on Meek Mill's me song too. with the shits. She really, like, I know that whole little verse because she really, like, yeah. fucked it up on that verse. That shit was hard. It was, Everybody it was, was asking, yeah. who the fuck, who the is, fuck that? is that? that yeah. The first time I heard it, I said, run that shit back. And then I listened again, and I was like, this bitch rapping in Spanish and in English. No, hold on. I have to find out who the fuck saucy. she is. Saucy. Yeah, she she's saucy. Yeah, she yeah. got so much, like, drip, and it comes through in the in the music without her having to tell us, bitch, I'm saucy, you know? You could hear it. You could feel nah, it. Nah, she tell you in the music. She says, I mean, no, you she ain't never seen a 10. Yeah, now yeah, you, yeah. Now you now know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I fucked with that line. That's on the new album, right? Yeah, I yeah, fucked with yeah, that line. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she tells you, but what I'm saying is that she doesn't necessarily have to tell you. She's one of them artists that you can hear it in the music. But I think that, uh, I agree. Now, like I was saying. She has our attention. Ma's beautiful. Oh, okay. Well, well, in the great. music, <laughs> she's stunning. And I said, she's swaggy. She's yeah. from Harlem. Like, yeah, she is. it's a lot of culture and history done in Harlem, a lot of influences. Yeah. She was saying, I read an article that said, um, that on her mom's side, she would grow up listening to like Spanish classics, you know, people that were classic to us at that. And I say us because I grew up with a lot of Spanish music. Is that like too. Selena or because you know? No, I'm, it's, I might it's be like other people like like Medium Cruz, and then okay. you have like yeah. the old school Bachateros, yeah. and you know like Anthony Santos, Frank Reyes, yeah. um, and then you have the women Ana Barbara, people like that. So okay. she grew up. I, I'm supposing listening to some of the same things that I listen to. Including, you know, Spanish rap, which has been around for a while. Um, Evie Queen was one of, and is still one of the prominent female rap um, stars, Spanish rap stars. She's still putting out music. She's or she still just putting got out classics? music. She still she has classic, and she's still putting out right. music. She's one of she was one of the original like bad bitch. Like back then when it wasn't as open <laughs> of of saying like I'm a bad bitch and talking about you know well, making she, sexual like, references. Was she like Lil Kim or Miss Yellow? Yeah, kind kind of like right. a little little Kim. Like a raunchy, didn't give a fuck, you can't mess with me type of vibe. Not a lot of what we're seeing now in female rappers. Evie Queen was doing that back then. So she's one of the the cemented legends in Spanish rap. She's right up there with people like Daddy Yankee and Don Omar and that stuff. Okay. Um, So I felt a lot of, so she was saying, getting back to what I was saying is that in the interview, she talked about growing up with her mom and being able to listen to music like that. And then spending time with her aunt. And when she would go by her aunt, she would listen to... Um, black American, you know, art yeah. and, and classics. Then you know some right. some of which you might know versus me not yeah. know. I mean, and she's heavily influenced by New York. She's right. from Harlem, so I'm right. sure exactly. You know, exactly. y'all know y'all so know the ghosts. So you could see that though. York. You could yeah. see that in her music, and you could see the people that she's influenced by. We watched an interview, um, Nessa on air yeah. on the show called Nessa on Air, hosted right. by Nessa. Melly was on there talking about the album, talking about you know things about herself growing up and influences to the music and whatnot um her personal style little shit like that basic interview and then she got into what we we think really is the reason the soft launch um which is a controversy with her deciding to sign with tori lanes instead of signing um with meek mill which everybody expected given her feature on his album which is a huge thing for you know a 
upcoming artists that hadn't even debuted an album at the time. And then went on tour with him. Yeah, yeah and went on and went on tour with him, right? And showed hella love on Instagram and social media and stuff. So I guess for the everybody expected her to join that family, and she took. Um, she took an opposite, unexpected route of yeah. going with Tory Lanez. Right. Um, so for us, we talked about off mic that yeah. being the reason for the soft launch. Um, and the interview, much. she didn't really talk about it that much. Yeah, and Ness's interview, she didn't really talk about it that much. But before some things had occurred online on IG, and we kind of got a glimpse of that. It seemed like, you know, a relationship with uh, who was she, who she was running around with, Meek or whatever, was forming or something was going on and she wasn't really rocking with it she was ready she wanted it to be about the music and like she tried to address the situation and they you know people just weren't communicating and she got it sounded like she got frustrated and she was like look i gotta go do what's best for me and she went and got with tori apparently the deal with Tori had been brought up years before, so it wasn't, it was new to us, but it wasn't new to her. And I'm sure because of her popularity, you know, more money, you know, Tori's a lot more established now. Uh, he definitely dibbles back and forth between rap, R&B, and pop. You know, Tori's having a hell of a run right now, so she decided to go with him. I'm always gonna be on the side of the artist because I feel like the artists are the underdog. Um, and I'll never know what it's like to be a woman and have to navigate business and personal relationships and when they coincide, what someone's supposed to do. But Melly, she's new. She's new to the game. And like I respect her and her craft. And I'm really excited to hear future projects. So I commend her for what she did. I hope it worked out for the better. She definitely talks about it in the album. She said, look. My mom was working three jobs. I had to get her out the projects. I'm from the east side. This is what I'm about. I wanted to be known for the music. I worked for this. Like you said that off mic. Right. And she was she was ready for everyone to be good and herself to be good. So I think we're just seeing that now. Right. She kept it classy. She though. kept she kept it yeah. so classy. Even on the show itself, Nessa on air, where Nessa was kind of trying to pry some stuff more so out yeah. of her. She kept it classy. She she attributed it to miscommunication. Um, and in general, she seems to be the type that just doesn't want to shit on people on social media or, or right. create um, narratives in that in that area. I Like you said, she did respond on social media. Those comments have since been deleted or whatnot. Right. Um, what I liked about her is that regardless of what was said um, by any of the parts, she made sure to never switch up on the fact of giving credit. You know, even throughout that interview, throughout other things that she's posted on social media, follow-up things, she said, you know how grateful she is to meet Mill for the opportunity to work with him to go on tour with him create art that type of vibe and I and I appreciate that and I respect that because it's easy when somebody is pointing a finger at you and being like you a fucking clown for what you just did for you to turn around and be like no fuck you you a clown you know and instead it's easy to go tip for tat right 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 instead yeah. she just decided to be like listen I did this I did this for I'm me moving on yeah, yeah right did this for me and Melly Mob and my fans and the people who appreciate my art and music and that's it and then thank you like you said so i really you know that's that's really all i have to say on it i think that 
if she made that decision, I wasn't there when she put pen to paper. It must have been beneficial um, more in the long well run. She talked about fitting in better with the family on that end, though, than the family um, that she yeah. would have joined had she signed with one, me. Uh, one umbrella over Dream Tracers. But yeah. what do you think about the album? Like, the album is just, the album's a vibe for me. I, I wanted to get into a few of my favorite songs. Yeah, go I'm ahead. not going to say everything because I feel like we probably like a few of the same ones but false signal that shit's crazy like she was cocky on it I love the confidence I love I love the content of the song like she was she's basically talking about a nigga that like stuck around but like that's not her man and she don't really care like he stuck around thinking he was gonna get something and like he didn't get it so like hey and the reason why is Maybe he wasn't persistent enough. Maybe he didn't chase hard enough. Maybe he wasn't focused enough on her. And she said, hey, I did it too. I just, I like I like the theme of the song. I like the way it sounds. That was the first one that stuck out to me. I also really like Mr. I love the sample she put on it. And I, I really enjoyed hearing her range, her vocal range. Did you hear that run? That run was crazy. She did like two or three of them shits too. And so I I just really appreciated that. And then last but not least, because I don't want to take over all the songs that I liked, but City Girls and Feel Me, complete vibe. Yeah. Um, I was partly raised in the city. Like, I'm from Raleigh, but, like, stayed out in the country. But I, like, went to school in the hood. And, like, I love City Girls, too, shit. And I've been, I've hopped around the U.S. and been out of the country a few times. And I've actually lived in different cities. And, like, it's a different vibe everywhere you go. But you definitely feel New York when she started singing City Girls. Like, it, it reminded me of when I was with my friends in Boston, just running around late at night, just doing whatever. Like, I, I liked it. it. It's definitely a vibe, so... Those were some of my favorite tracks on it. It's cute to me how you always like, well, I'm going to leave some tracks for you and then I come <laughs> on and I come on and I list every single damn track <laughs> on the album. Um, yeah, Yo, I it's also, 14 songs. There's, there's another nine for you. <laughs> I had six that I really liked. And just off the top, there's Slow For Me, False Signal, Mr. HML, which is Hit My Line. That was the single, which yeah. was crazy because that was the single and she dropped a video but the video wasn't like big you know they were in front of the projects right, right. in harlem it was simple it was good it was good visual but it wasn't a large production and that was a single for the album i didn't know that at the time and it just kind of surprised me when yeah. the album came out because it was like oh damn i didn't know and so i had to rush to go here you feel me well okay so it was hml and then Pretty Girls and Feel Me. Pretty Girls and Feel Me um, are the two that I'm struggling to decide which one is my favorite, favorite one. I liked both of them um, for separate reasons. But I want to start with Slow For Me. I'm kind of going to go in order of where they are in the album. So Slow For Me makes me want to dance because, of course, it has that reggae, Afrobeat <laughs> influence. I... When we talked off mic, you said that you didn't hear a radio hit in this. I think Slow For Me is a radio hit. It actually reminded me a little bit of Rihanna and DJ Khaled's Wild Thoughts. I Not in sound, but in vibe. I, I was saying I haven't heard a radio hit from her because she's fairly new. Like mm -hmm. As an artist like on Instagram, she's not huge Right, right, yet. right, right. This is her coming out party. And I, I don't know what type of music she wants to make, but... 
I'm I think listening. it's this though. I feel like for what she said on on in interviews and stuff, I think the music that you see on faces is the music she wants to make. Right. It's very again personalized, very drawn from experiences, is very tied to her culture and who she is as a person. She raps a lot and seamlessly which hints to authenticity right in spanglish um which is traditional for people that are bilingual like me i when i'm talking to my you know my parents my family friends that speak spanish and stuff are bilingual it's easy for me to smooth in spanish and english without even thinking of it, about it in one sentence she does that a lot on this album yeah. she'll have a couple sentences back to back or she'll have one word in a verse or she'll ha- you know what i'm saying she plays around with that spanglish she's talking that really shit on easily. film so yeah so i think that yeah. this is like the type of music that she wants to make. It's gonna be interesting seeing her go from this to where she's at, you know, three albums from now and what where that sound unravels and, and how it I'm develops. excited for the journey. Yeah, I I'm hope so the excited. sound doesn't change because I well, really, yeah, I hope that I really like this. Like, I, I, I hope really the like flow this. doesn't change. I fuck with her flow. So I said, Slow for me was one. I thought Tory Lanez was good on that beat. I thought it was a good collab. I thought they had great chemistry in the song. It just made sense. It made me yeah. want to dance. I liked uh, False Signal, I said, right? I loved the overlaps of her voice on False Signal. Yeah. And honestly, when I started getting into Melly and her music, I didn't know that Shorty could sing, like, like sing. Like no, she could like sing. really sing. Like she could really sing. sing. I was going to give an example, like but it wouldn't have done any fucking justice. So yeah. I'm not going to give it Yo, y'all go listen to Mr. by Melly. That run... I'ma get chills. yeah, I'ma get to that one next. But false signal, I loved it. I don't know if they call that harmonizing. Again, I don't sing, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but she she did her thing, and then she had the flow that she had in. Please don't hit my line, busy getting mine. Right. I really like that flow. Yeah. And she, she took it, she brought it in, then she took me somewhere else throughout the time, then she brought it back, and I love I just love false signal so so yeah. much. I liked Mister, like you said, the sample was beautiful, but the singing was smooth it was engaging it was effortless and that's all i have to say about it because the song is is just genius right hit my line i don't know if we're gonna hear that on the radio but that's such a good ass song such a good ass song like such a good ass song hit my line hml it was lively i love the layered beats i loved melly's voice and her energy Another one that made me want to dance and vibe. And I really liked A Boogie on it. Surprisingly, they were a good, you know, they, they good match go for great sure. Together. Yeah, Their for voices. sure. I think the people that she picked to be on this album yeah. really suited her voice. Didn't take away from her, um, right. neither negative nor positive. Shout so. out to the producers that worked on it. It was like 13 producers that worked yeah. on the project. So we're not going to mention gonna them all. We're not going to list all of them. Yo, yeah. y'all did y'all thing. Like, it, it sounded great. Shout out to the engineer, the Melly mixer. Melly has written on right. every song on this album because that's actually something I went to look up because so much, so many of these lyrics are so personalized. Mm-hmm. You know, as me and Chino know, Melly has had kind of a traumatic entrance not a not entrance but a, tra- a traumatic past she's had a traumatic um, life where she, she had yeah. you know one of the things that's big and she faced some controversy or she addressed it on social media not too long ago was i believe she she said her and her friend were playing with a gun yeah, just no. just fucking around you know being kids and it accidentally went off and it actually paralyzed her friend right. she so got that's off something, social media after yeah that for a that's bit. something yeah. that she yeah. well that had already happened it was people bringing no, it back up no when they brought it back yeah, up yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah. she 
Um, so she has a, this is what I'm saying, she has a lot of places to draw influence from, not just where she's from and her background, but actual things that have happened for her. And I think that we felt it in this album. Something that I liked about, oh, did I go over all of them? Okay, I said HML, let me finish this up. And then I said Pretty Girls, I love Pretty Girls. Pretty Girls is just a beautiful track. Um, it's so personal and it ties into what I was just saying about her going through traumatic stuff. Um, she addresses that on this song. She talks about going through traumatic things and not letting people knock her down now because she knows what it took to get to where she is right now whether she said that in a Nessa yeah, interview too. That's she said career, like career musically phys- whatever it is you know she's learning how to deal with the naysayers but i think with all creatives we all go through that like we yeah. have our own self-doubt and then to hear other people to either shit on it or they just don't fuck with it because they don't fuck with you or they feel some type of way it does affect us but you like Nessa said it's a cutthroat game it's a cutthroat business and the way she's moving now she's learning that and that's yeah. a good lesson to learn in the beginning it you for know? sure is so. and the last one that I loved which I said that's the one I'm battling with pretty girls is uh, feel me I can we talk about anime girls too though because that's before shit, we let me because I'm doing crazy. my I'm doing like my six favorite ones and then I'm gonna go over the other ones so these six that I went over slow me fall signal mister HML pretty girls and now I'm about to go over feel me these are the ones that the first time I listened through the album yeah. they stood out to me, me too so I yep. screenshotted them and I was like okay those are the ones that immediately stood out to me without having to, you know. But I love, as a as a project, I really enjoyed and I love the whole album. Me too. In, in sound, in, and that's something I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about sound. But feel me, I love the instrumentals in that. What's that thing that you clap together that makes the cymbals? That's what they're called. You could, what, the what, big shiny thing? The big yeah, shiny thing. Yeah. So the cymbals, you, you could hear that in that yeah. song. Amazing. I mean, the, the layering of instruments, it starts at... Oh, I had it. I had the time written down somewhere, but somewhere in the song, it just starts with a whole bunch of layering of different instruments. And it seemed like the beat dropped just, a little bit, and she was just flowing. She, she was just, just off. killing yeah. it, and then she, she threw in her Spanglish in yeah, there, like I was yeah. saying. I appreciate it. Yeah, Spanglish. like so. As a whole album, I think the vocals were dope, and the song, the sound was dope. I think that this is similar to Solange's latest release. Um, when I get home in the sense that it's a little bit of a sonic album it's lyrical but it's sonic when, it's when you don't think yeah. about her singing the harmonize because I take her harmonizing as sound I don't take that as lyrics me too so her harmonizing and the layering of her voice yeah. it's a very sonic album yeah. it's, I love that about it it's like I could just the I could album ride sounds to good it. it sounds the l- good the way it's stacked the way the songs are I've just know, been putting it on and good, like good album solid I can't help it I'm going back to my favorite songs because yeah. Not only do I like the songs, they just it sounds so good. Like you could literally let the album play. Yes, it's a you could just let it. This play. is a great if y'all at a house. It's a party, great body of work, I, like man. a house party type shit. You could everybody Kick talking back, and shit. Yeah. yeah, let this shit play. I can't wait to see what she does with the visuals of this because she also has a very again being from Harlem, being what she call herself a jiggy chick. She should chick. let Tiana Taylor do the damn creative you, director. You fucking read my mind. Because <laughs> earlier when I was yeah. going over my notes and I was like, when we get on the podcast i'm gonna say that her and tiana tiana should do the videos for her for her thing i would love to i would love to see them on a i would love to hear them on a track you remember how you talked about she gets her influence from janae aiko yes she i would love to hear them too yeah on nessa that would be crazy or her 
her and Melly. Yeah, that'd be nice. On Nessa on air, Melly talked about her favorite influences being two of her top favorite being Rihanna um, and Janae Aiko. And you know what? I kind of what if Melly is on Rihanna's album? That shit would blow. Oh yeah, that would be crazy. That shit would be crazy. I heard Rihanna in "See Me," the song "See Me." Okay. It's a post-breakup song. I caught a slight Rihanna vibe. And okay. then when I went back and I looked at the visual for See Me, because she dropped an official video, I caught a slight Rihanna vibe in the music video, too. Very, like, old glamour, but sexy bad bitch. Um, saying, you know, she, fuck you, shit. <laughs> you not, you don't make me better, you might make me worse type of vibe she had on that song. Yeah. Um, and I caught a slight Rihanna thing. And then I, uh, throughout the whole album in the sense of it being sonic and very truth-telling, I caught a Janae Aiko. This is why I said it's so important to not only engage in the music that artists are putting out, but get yeah. to know them. Look at their interviews. Yeah. Read, you know, I don't know if I like the out. artists until yeah. like I go back. I I hear their music and then I go watch their interviews to see if I like them as a person. And that just makes me want to listen to the music yeah. more in depth because, you know, people are onions. You know, it takes a lot to get to the core and I, I really enjoy it. So, again, yeah. shout out to Melly. We're Side going. Album. Yeah, it's a great album. We're gonna wrap this up. Uh, I want to do a tribute to Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace, uh, Young King. Uh, love you to death, Nip. I hate the. I, I hate I had to watch that and uh, watch you leave, but um, we know you're in a better place. And um, just uh, prayers up to Lauren London, his family, his children, his crew, um, and may the marathon continue. I feel like this this part of the podcast feels a little like broken even because it's like how do you plan to talk about some you know somebody that you didn't expect yeah. with that just Cass- just two two episodes ago me and you were arguing about how should he have won the Grammy the or not the and then we're talking party. about yep. yeah and we're talking about well we'll see where he's gonna end up and da 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 and can I give a crazy. little bit of a backstory so yeah, yeah, I yeah. met Cass at a job me and her were working at hadn't seen Cass in like six months right and um I had Nipsey Hustle tickets because he came to the Buckhead Theater like back in June right before July right so I hit Cass up and she was like yo I was looking for a ticket of course like I'm gonna come out and so like me and her linked up and basically rocked out for a whole hour listening to Nip's latest album Victory Lap being in the building just his energy his aura seeing his crew on stage Jay Stone did a little set um it was amazing and for me personally I was going through a very tough time last year and he dropped the album in january and i literally bumped the album from february to april and it got me through all the bullshit i was going through and i really appreciated him i actually had to put the album down so i didn't get sick of it i put one of my significant others onto it and she loved him right away i put some of my boys onto it. i sent it to him and i was like yo just hear this hit me back up i'm not even gonna bother you with it let me know and everyone came back with damn this shit is crazy and i got into some arguments about like you know how influential he was and da 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 from who he was and being a west coast rapper and not necessarily completely mainstream but for me i found nip when i was in ninth grade off live mixtapes and so uh my heart goes out to him and his family and i i I hate to see him go but that's all i wanted to say 
Again, shout out to Nip. Thank you for everything you did for us, all the music you gave to us, all the game you gave to us. Now, I don't want I don't want us to get too deep into it. Um, Chino is actually going to bless us with a tribute podcast. He's a real, real um, day one fan of Nipsey, so he's going to gather around with some of his friends, and they're going to host a special episode, talk about some of his best music, um, you know, and some of his teachings, the type of person he was and whatnot. So we're going to save all of that good stuff for that episode um, but we just wanted to briefly touch on it they have apprehended somebody um, and it, it seems to be something that was just some cowardice thing you know somebody felt some disrespected pride shit. some yep. pride shit somebody you know some a crip member felt disrespected by you know Nipsey questioning his his authenticity um, to the neighborhood um, and you know it just it, it went left so um, yeah there's it, again this this part of the podcast feels broken that's because it is it's n- difficult to plan uh, a perfect wrap up on something that was so abrupt and you know hurtful and just but to close unexplainable um and thank you for Ka- like thank you Cass for saying all that uh, you know y'all everyone keep your head up keep going through the week uh, we really appreciate you all listening, and uh, you'll be hearing from us again real soon. Uh, again, keep your head up. This is Nods and Bops. I'm Chino. Nods and Bops. I'm Cass Marie. And we're out. <laughs>